Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special recording of What's the Crack? We are here in Baltimore, USA, in Maryland. And we're at the Society for Research on Nicotine and Tobacco, uh, SRNT for short, and those in the field. Um, and we've been here since Wednesday, and we've been listening to loads of talks on nicotine and tobacco and e-cigarettes and even the co-use between cannabis and tobacco and all real big names in the field. Um, and so we're going to share a bit of what we've learned over our few days. I'm joined with three other colleagues. And I'm just going to go around and say who you are and where do you come from? Uh, my name's Liam Jennings and I'm from King's College, London. I'm Tina Ayana and I'm from the University of Tasmania. Um, I'm Katie East and I'm at King's College, London, but I'm currently doing a placement with Tina at the University of Tasmania as well. So we've got a lot of continents and countries with us right here. <laughs> so I'll first ask you... Overall vibes. What do we feel about the conference? <laughs> I think it's good. Good. <laughs> I am glad. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting it to be as fun as it was. Ah. Anyway, oh. I, I've had a good time so far. Good. So yeah, yeah. definitely good. Well, me and Tina went to SRNT last year and this year, and both have been really good conferences. I think the quality mm. of science is very good. It's not very rushed. There's a lot of time to network and go to talks so it's a good balance I think yeah I think it's welcoming to all stages of oh, your definitely. career kind of thing it's a very yeah, good opportunity to meet everyone kind of at all levels yeah yeah it's, I find it less intimidating than last year but maybe that's just because uh, because of the stage I'm in at the moment and you've grown as a person I've grown yeah. as a person exactly. <laughs> absolutely okay so the general theme of this conference is that tobacco we need to keep on reducing tobacco in all communities tobacco is bad tobacco is bad it's very addictive we can't nicotine's very addictive nicotine's very addictive yes nicotine's very addictive we can't keep keep our eye you know move our eyes from this issue even though i think another theme that kept on coming up was the opioid crisis in the u.s yes. and the fact that quite a lot of money's been thrown at the opioid crisis for you know obvious good reasons but i think a lot of people were saying let's not forget that mm. the tobacco is still an issue and a problem that affects all walks of life and 
increases disparities, I feel. Well, and it's still, it's still the leading major cause. leading, the one major leading cause of death. Yeah. yeah. And disease. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of a big thing. <laughs> it is still a big thing, even though what I think a, a few speakers are just like, people think that it's, it's done, we've ticked, we've yeah. got it down so far from, what, 50% of the population to even lower, so... Seventeen percent in the UK now, I think, mm-hmm. or Great Britain. Yeah. yeah. So it's a massive decrease, but yeah, there's still a long way to go. Yeah, and I think the Surgeon General. We had a talk from the Surgeon General of the United States, who uh, is on the back of cigarette packets, looking all great. I haven't actually seen any cigarette packets with his face on, but apparently he's there. I've not seen any cigarette um, packets here <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, apparently he's there. But he was just saying that um, we can't pat ourselves on the back for reducing. Uh, tobacco smoking so much when the uh, gap is widening between um, those of high social economic status and low uh, social economic status so we can't say yay well done we've reduced it whereas the gap's been widening yes so well that's what tina's work is on looking at socioeconomic status and smoking mm-hmm. yeah. tina could you give us insights <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you be more specific um, what are the issues with between socioeconomic status and smoking? Well, I think that it's. I think the gap is widening because it's it's not it's not both sides that change. It's more that what we have, the treatments that we have, and how we can help help people. It's more targeting or more helping people with higher socioeconomic status, um, who already have more resources. Um, so. Well, and then we we don't really um, reach the lower SES groups and the socioeconomic groups, um, and this is how the gap is widening. It's not so much because there are more and more low socioeconomic smokers and less high socioeconomic smokers. It's just less and less high socioeconomic. Right. Okay. So I think we yeah we. We, I think we should m- focus more on vulnerable uh, populations and mm-hmm. groups who might not have the resources and skills mm-hmm. to deal with it. And that's obviously a lot of problems with like the research that's generally been discussed. I think Ron mentioned it yesterday that a lot of the surveys don't actually capture the really low socioeconomic status people, so people who might be homeless, obviously aren't captured yes. in these surveys and these studies that are being mm-hmm. discussed throughout this conference so and first of all if you can hear the sirens i apologize Um, (laughs) but um is it also because some of like nicotine replacement therapies such as patches or uh a medication that costs money yes therefore it's easier for those with money to find the access to get down well i think it depends a little bit on the country i'm not i don't have i don't know that much about the policies Mm. within each country but um, yes, in some countries you get, um, well, it's not funding, what's the word? Um, you, can, you can get uh, NRT, so nicotine replacement therapies, on prescription. Um, on prescription. Mm, right. um, but in some countries you don't. And mm. it's also, I'm, I'm not sure what the research on, but I think I read somewhere that also the beliefs on the effectiveness of NRT is dependent on socioeconomic status. Um, so people might not, people with lower socioeconomic status might not believe that NRT 
And then might not... placement therapy helps. Is there anything to do with like compliance with taking it? Is there any research on that? So the young... Well, in general, medication adherence is definitely a big thing. And um, uh, nicotine replacement therapy being not as effective as it could be. Right. What is the system in Australia? Is it a prescribed um, system or is it over the counter? It's over the counter. Okay. What? Well, not directly. Because I'm not Australian, I'm not actually that oh, familiar okay. with the system, but... So there's like, basically, there's quite a lot of evidence within RT that medications such as varenicline plus other NRT or counselling is like the gold standard best method, That's what, isn't it? That's what we mentioned today in the Q&A. Oh. Um, t- this was in a Q&A with the commissioner of the FDA, Scott Gottlieb. FDA is? Um, the Food and Drug Administration. Um, which is obviously specific to the US, um, not the UK, for people who are listening. So yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, I feel like the Q&A was a lot of people asking the FDA to do a lot of things. <laughs> yes. yeah. and I agree, I agree. Obviously not feasible for them to do it all. Yeah. So yeah. other suggestions were good, Liam. You thought that one suggestion was particularly good? I do, but I can't remember what that suggestion was. Let me find it. In the meantime, <laughs> I will also say that they should... Um, a campaign of uh, helping people to stop smoking. But what I thought was good about it is the mm, fact that the they notified and mentioned the fact that it will take you more than one try to quit. So it was like, you've got to keep on trying. Like mm. you, The more times you try, the more times it will be more likely that you succeed. So it was kind of like acknowledging that, don't worry if you've tried and failed many times because it just means that you're closer to succeeding. Um, which I thought was quite good. But what I did also love is that there was a poster of water bottles that said, um, take a sip, not a sig. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, water, tobacco. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Uh, the, my favourite about the same yeah, exactly. Yeah. My seven level of addiction, sure. Yeah. My favourite work was, if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> try, try, try. <laughs> And try again. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it honestly, it was really good. It was just like it some was, of the posters were just like... Brilliant. I was crying towards the end of it, like trying to suppress my oh, laughter. Why did I miss it? Um, I feel like that, to an extent, was a bit of a cop-out from the FDA, though. Because, well, I mean, there's a lot of campaigning in the US to have um, pictures and messages on cigarette packaging, mm. and it hasn't happened. Right. And we can see that it works in Mexico, it works in the UK, it works in Europe, all over the world, Australia. it's working. Mm. And because of the tobacco industry, they didn't want to do it over here. So this is kind of like step in between. But we know that it's more effective to have images um, yeah. showing the effects of smoking as opposed to just words. It's kind of like, it, maybe it's definitely the right step, but it just felt, when I was watching, I felt uncomfortable because... If I wanted to smoke a cigarette and I saw this, it's not going to stop me from smoking. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not going to look at it because it's not shocking. It doesn't grab attention. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, do, do, do we actually know how and why the pictures work? Um, I mean, there there is also evidence that they might not and people work just and rather yeah, the people have like avoid a backfiring them. effect. Yeah. Okay. 
That's actually what Olivia Maynard's working yeah. on and looking at. Right. Um, it's avoidance of health warnings and it's using eye tracking studies to look at where people. Like people turning them over because they're just like, oh, I don't want to see a dead lung. Yeah, yeah or oh, they use those yeah. plastic cases oh, to, yeah, to cover them up. To cover, yeah. Yeah. And then she was like, also another. And I remember this was discussed last year at SRNT as well, was potentially introducing inserts into the inside oh, packets right, yeah. of e cigarette um, sorry, packets of cigarettes and so you have the warnings on the outside and then on the inside you have an insert which might be you know uh advice on how to quit smoking what the most effective way of quitting yeah isn't that been done in canada um they have got like Um, more restrictive um yes they are so they are required so there's yeah research by crawford moody who was actually the one who presented it last year um he Yes, he has done research looking at inserts. Right. So kind of have inserts telling people like where to go for help or how to quit smoking. Um, I think there's different types of inserts that you can get. I'm not 100% Mm. sure about this area, but I think there's ones that are kind of positive, like with a positive valence. So towards like quitting smoking as Mm. a, and how it can benefit your health. And then ones with a negative valence as well. Yeah. But again, I'm not 100% Mm. sure. That's true. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying about the 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 cop out thing, it's also the interesting how they go for the positive thing instead mm-hmm. of going against tobacco yeah. kind of thing. It's not a negative thing of like cigarettes mm. are evil, which is mm. what kind of what the health warnings mm-hmm. on the packet would be. It's yeah. more like look how life would be without it. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. positive thing of you can do this. You're a trier and you will succeed. So it's not it's not going against a product. It's saying. It, it, it feels more like a positive thing rather than going against uh, yeah. the sure. So here's an example. Yeah, and not, not only um, telling them how um, how they are ruining their health, yeah. but rather, well, you're doing this, it's bad, but this is how you can, you know, change. make it, make yeah. it change. Yeah. So, um, okay, I, I, miss, I unfortunately missed the Q&A. Um, can you um, tell me a little bit more about the suggestions that people had? What was the one with um, e-cigarettes in regards to... Um, um, yeah, so barriers to using... It was about um, how the FDA can address barriers to using e-cigarette use in smoking cessation. So obviously in the US, there's, mm-hmm. well, everywhere there's barriers to using e-cigarettes and how they can improve yeah. um, ease of access, I guess, to e-cigarettes. There was also a lot of talk. To be honest, it was it, it's something that I've heard come up quite a bit in this conference is about menthol cigarettes and yeah, how very popular yeah um, big to chat about because yeah. i think there's a lot of well they the the the, uh, the the symposiums that i've been into have given like evidence saying that you are less likely to quit on menthol and it's easier to start with menthol mm-hmm. i'm assuming because it's less harsh yeah to you know it's easier to initiate on menthol so it's like why do we still have menthol? So I think there's a big push to get rid of it so that it would help a lot of people. And there was the guy uh, asking the man from the FDA saying, you're saying how anecdotally flavours can help people get off cigarettes or something, but he said that you're not addressing the flavours that you still have in cigarettes that are keeping people on cigarettes. Mm -hmm. I think that was, and I think he was saying about how it negatively, mainly affects the African-American community because he was a representative of the African. Yeah, yeah. Uh, population, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, his answer, when he gave the answer, he didn't give the answer in regards to flavours in cigarettes. He gave the answer in regards to flavours in e-cigarettes. In e-cigarettes. Right? Mm. The FDA guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's basically yeah. saying the flavours in e-cigarettes are a good thing. Mm. We didn't yeah. talk about how the flavours in cigarettes are a bad thing. Exactly. Yeah. So he just completely deflected. Yeah, it was, yeah. Very, it was a very broad response. Yeah, they just said we'll be soliciting information. They didn't really provide any... Is yeah. menthol still cigarettes still allowed in the UK? I know that they I are banning them. I think there were discussions them. about banning them, yeah, but, but I'm not sure when it was implemented. Right. I, I think there heard. were a couple of talks last year as well. There, about there was a symposium and... this afternoon on menthol. Well, it's yeah, funny but... because my friend in London smokes menthol cigarettes, and he said, um, <laughs> and he said as soon as they get rid of them, I'll probably not smoke. And I was like, well, you are just a beautiful anecdotal evidence (laughs) of how it will actually change. Because he was just like, yeah, I don't like actually smoking cigarettes. Um, So it's just like, yeah, I will not smoke if menthol are gone. I don't think they are banned yet. Right, okay. I don't think so. I don't know about Australia either. No one smokes in Australia. I mean, people do. But like, (laughs) it's just not as obvious. Mm -hmm. Well, Australia has one of the lowest smoking rates worldwide. Do you know what it is? I somehow recall 11, but that sounds really low. That's really, really low. low. The UK is 17. I think I actually think the UK has either a very, very similar or even a lower smoking rate now. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's it's I, mean I mean, it also, it also depends on which state and... Yeah. Even within cities. Apparently Tasmania has a high, one of the higher rates in Australia. It has the the highest. Yeah. And that's 18%. Yeah. Well, not that's not... And one suburb of Hobart, so the uh, capital city of Tasmania, mm-hmm. has the highest smoking rate um, country more. I've still not seen any sort of smokers there, really, in comparison. Well, I mean, it is... The, 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 the prevalence is very low. And you can, you can tell when... I, you do see smokers on the streets, but... Often they get the looks. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. like do. Talking about social norms, right? Because yeah. that would be kind of like disapproval of people who are <laughs> yeah. smoking. Um, what about those social norms, Katie? <laughs> what are I they? Mean, that's very, we actually have three social norms people here, so not just me. But, oh, well, well. But you're the main norm. social norm person. <laughs> I'm not the main social norms person. So Tina and I presented yesterday in a symposium about social norms. Um, and Liam is presenting tomorrow on social norms as well. Um, so, we'll uh, so uh, all of you, just not me then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, briefly, tell me what social norms are, and what what is it? Normalization? Is it denormalization? Is it just the normal thing? What what is this? Um, well, so social norms can be conceptualized into two distinct domains. <laughs> so you have your descriptive norms, mm. which are your um, so kind of what is commonly done, so seeing smoking around you, you know, how many people smoke, and then you have your injunctive norms, which is like approval or disapproval of smoking, and then you can get these norms at all levels, so, you know, your friend's approval or disapproval and your friend's smoking behaviour, and then you can also get societal level as well. Mm. So, Liam, what are you looking at tomorrow in your norm? Are you describing all the norms measures in uh, so the ITC? We, or? Uh, so, not all of them. Uh, well, we divided it into descriptive and injunctive, and then we have two descriptive, we have three descriptive norms that we're looking at, and two injunctive 
and then we're also um, a tiny bit looking at how the descriptive norms are associated. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This towards e-cigarettes as well. This is towards, yeah, just e-cigarettes. Just e-cigarettes. Yeah, and um, how maybe um, regulation can influence the norms um, as well. So you're looking yeah. across all countries? Yeah, the US. And what age is this? Uh, so the, it's four categories of age, 18 to 24, right. 25 to 39, 40 oh, yeah. to 55, and 55 plus. And smoke, smokers only? So you can... Be involved in if you've um, quit smoking for up to two years, and then once you've it's gone over two years, you. Uh, so they, you're out. rejected as yeah. a non-smoker. Sorry, you can't. You <laughs> we don't smoke, want you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't sit with us. <laughs> and then what did you find? Oh, without any spoilers for tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Actually, no, lots of spoilers. Lots of <laughs> so slash this will be released yeah. after tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Um, I guess England has the most uh, positive norms. Mm-hmm. If you want to, um, it depends on your perspective on the matter. I mean, it definitely depends on how you look on the matter. But um, so for every single norm, um, England came out significantly more positive. So um, you're more likely to see people using e-cigarettes on the street in England. Um, more likely to have a friend that uses e-cigarettes. Is this compared to all of the three? So when we run the we run the analysis with each country as the base, and every time we did it, England, um, apart from I think one of them, um, England pretty much consistently came so, out. So which countries were that? It was Australia, Canada, the US, and England. Okay. So England yeah. had more positive norms towards e-cigarettes. Yeah. In terms of both injunctive and descriptive. Yes. Uh, especially with injunctive norms. With the descriptive norms, um, um, it was always um, more positive than Australia, but when it was compared to Canada and the US, especially when um, for a friend and partner vaping status, it was a bit um, more inconsistent. So, okay. so, so was it, did you see a difference between 
So Australia is a more conservative country towards yeah. e-cigarettes. Definitely, on every measure. Because Australia uh, allows e-cigarettes but without nicotine. Yes. So the ones with nicotine are prohibited. Yeah. Exactly. You can purchase them, but on the black market. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you can basically order them online. Yeah. I just thought of a very important thing we need to mention. Please <gasps> mention. Jewel. Oh, Ooh. definitely. Jewel is. What about no, no, Jewel, no, the e-cigarette. The USB stick. The G, uh, J-U-U-L. Yeah, it's American, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is so it? Yeah. Oh, actually, they're really pretty. I okay. Mean, I'm the, a naive the, listener. Yeah. No, I have my, no idea what um, it is. My partner actually has quit smoking now for two months because With I jewel. 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 Okay. So, get a jewel. So it basically, okay. you can Google it, the listeners at home, but basically it looks like a USB stick. It looks stick. like a USB stick, yeah. yeah. It looks like a USB well. stick. And um, and why is it a big hype? Why is everyone like ooh jewel? Um, I think so. It, it uh, basically it sold what forty three percent of the market no, in e-cigarettes. No, uh, sixty four percent of the e-cigarette market Six. in the United States is jewel. Is jewel. Is jewel. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. How the and hell did they do that? We're supposing it was well, only been around for a couple of years. Yeah. But what it, I think what it does is it's um, I think what you get out of the nicotine. It's, mm-hmm. Or you get more nicotine, or the okay. the effect of the nicotine. So close to what you'd get with the with this actual genuine tobacco cigarette. I think, yeah, it's, right. yeah. But um, it's only allowed in the US, so we don't have it in the UK because mm. um, the regulations are different. So I think, and it's independent. It's not. It's not associated not a, with any tobacco yeah. companies. Oh, interesting. And yeah, because I think the. Um, so US when, didn't so. sign up to the FCTC. The. so to get like as a painting a picture and correct me if i'm wrong but most of the big e-cigarette companies in the u.s and probably the uk are backed by a tobacco industry no no okay Uh, not all of them i think the tobacco industry has bought some e-cigarette companies yeah and obviously philip morris have developed the iquos the new heat not burn product Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes I think they're linked, right? And sometimes they're separate. I don't think there's a right, a norm. Okay. A norm, right? Okay, got you. Yeah, cool. And um, I am. Um, I have. I don't know what the research is on it, but um, living in New York, I see jewel advertisements everywhere I go. Yeah. Posters yeah. on uh, so many shop windows on the subway. Um, so I think that's definitely yeah. helping. Let me tell you about my research because mine was on my <laughs> e-cigarette advertising. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just a uh, we this the the three that I was looking at was again the four countries of Canada, Australia, UK, and US. And when we did take um, the study of reported exposure to e-cigarette advertisements, it was when the UK had no regulations and the US had no regulations. They basically could advertise TV, radio, everywhere. And Canada and Australia obviously couldn't do anything because it all contained nicotine. Um, so it was prohibited. And shock horror, UK and US had higher um, exposure mm-hmm. to e-cigarette advertising and stuff. So it, it would make sense that... But I was going to ask an anecdotal question actually about social norms. What's the what do you feel that your social norms are in your lives? As in, do you have towards smoking, smoking and or e-cigarettes? Yeah. As in, have you what's your friendship group like and or with e-cigarettes or smoking? Yeah, I don't have any smoking friends. 
Neither, neither yeah. cigarettes or e-cigarettes. And does that affect how you think about smoking and e-cigarettes? Obviously, minus the fact that you're in this field research. Well, uh, well one anecdote that I have is um, when I went to Florence for the SRNT last year. So I'm, I, I, I am from Germany. Um, Germany has a pretty high smoking rate. One of, I think, a third of the adult population smokes in Germany. Um, and then I moved to Australia, which, which has a really low smoking rate, so you barely see anyone smoking. And then I went to Florence, and it was just, I was so shocked. There were so many, like literally everyone on the street was smoking. And I could, like, I, I couldn't breathe walking through the streets. Right. Um, so would you say it was your environment then, as a new... Uh, my environment definitely had a strong um, influence. But on... it could go e- either way because a colleague of a work colleague who was an ex-smoker in Florence said that being around everyone smoking all the time made them want to smoke mm. again, even though they yeah, hadn't yeah, smoked def- in de- the last like, six months or whatever. Mm. Definitely. But um, is that is that a norm or is that just um, a situational influence or environmental influence? Norms are an environmental influence. Yeah, They're part of your environment. That's a descriptive norm. So, so descriptive norms are what you see, so your environment, and injunctive norms are kind of more inferred from your environment. So it's not explicit, it's yeah. what's inferred. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Yeah. But it can still, um, as, you, as you said yesterday in your presentation, um, if I remember right, um, you said that they can be contradictive. So... You could be influenced by the people around you who smoke and you want want to smoke, but um, you also don't think it's right? Well, I mean, for this person, you're obviously around everyone who's smoking, so you want to smoke, but you're also at a nicotine and tobacco conference. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty high. Generally, the disapproval of smoking is very high. high, So those are obviously contradicting norms going on there. Yeah. Yeah. But you said your husband vapes, is that right? Yeah. So what does that mean that you think about vaping? Has that affected yeah. you because you're in close proximity with somebody who vapes? Uh, I mean, I feel like I affected him more than he affected Oh, uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was smoking a lot, and it kind of got to the point where it's like, I really can't, like, you can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, like, not just because I dislike the smell and all that, just because it's, I, I know the consequences. So we agreed in the new year he would um, get a jewel um, mm. and it, he likes it and yourself Katie? I think going like going from somewhere at, like at university mm. where people are smoking all the time around mm. you yeah. and the general feeling of towards smoking is approval or if not approval then kind of a oh we don't mind if you do or not to then going to London, where you're working, and the norms towards smoking are really negative, so not as many people are smoking, and if they are, they're going, you know, outside of the office, and generally, the, yeah, people don't smoke. Is it again because we, well, people I used to, but you now, well, you currently work in a smoke-free campus I was going to mention that in well. a nicotine research group? Yes. Very so, true. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah, depends on it's who all you're around. Effect, yeah. yeah. It's all depending on who you're around completely. Yeah. That's um, a really good example of how regulation does affect norms, though. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, because um, oh, the University of Bristol, just outside the library, everyone is smoking. <laughs> everyone. You cannot go out of that library without inhaling some form of smoke. The ass library? The ass. Arts, arts, arts and, and social, social sciences. sciences. But yes. Give the acronym to students. Yeah. It's the ass library. <laughs> Meet so, you in the ass. I'll meet you in the ass. Second floor of the ass. Let's go study the ass. Yeah. No one ever says that. No. I mean, obviously, students are pretty high socioeconomic status. We get, we get in terms of education, All right, maybe yeah. not income, but education, mm-hmm. and um, but still a lot of students smoke. Would but you would think, well, we just discussed earlier that high socioeconomic status, um, or the prevalence in high socioeconomic mm-hmm. status, people is not so high. Do you think? I'm also environment, but I'm also thinking, could there also be uh, or have to do with? Like a student academia identity and stress. Yeah, stress I, I would well. say it'd be that identity <laughs> kind of like as the well. Bourgeois. Yeah, like oh, I'm away from my parents. Yeah, so I can have a cigarette. Let's have a, co- a coffee or a yeah. beer and a cigarette. Yeah, yeah and, sit and, in and the talk pub. about smart things. You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, we would go like after uni, we would go to a bar and then mm. smoke. Well, mm. not me, but um, but then smoke a pack and have a couple of beers. And- um, what time are we on? Oh, we've done 45 minutes. Okay, so... so drinks! Any last thoughts <laughs> that anyone would like to add? Cool. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us. And uh, see you soon. Goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.